Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Jade is the funniest ghost writer of this podcast. He texted me. He thinks that Matson and Shiv are going to fuck. I love it. Yeah, he, he's got That's the best so theories of all. He said he, he said she was going to grease the deal. Right. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Jade. Some great theories on that front, which actually hold up given how things we're going and Shiv when she told Tom she was going to fight she wasn't kidding she gets right to it later in the episode she activated she turned on finally Eden your girl she got out of her funk and she was in a slump she hit a home run Jake <laughs> she was 0 for 42 and she finally she really took was. one yeah, right. <laughs> in extra innings I got another baseball metaphor coming for you later, so buckle up. He was making me laugh last night, which is funny coming from the guy who shoots out tweets like, this show sucks. Yep. <laughs> or not tweets. Constantly. Text, that is his, rather. That text. is like his, his... The show is done. <laughs> Love Jade. Oh, my God. But he's all in right now. He's calling it Shakespeare. He's higher than me. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, I was telling him I was having a hard time considering this on the same level as last season. But, you know, with the caveat that you can't really know with a show like this until the season is ended and you can take it all into consideration. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here to honor my dad's life and work. So when Rhea was planning this thing, she asked me to help out with a tribute of a certain flavor. Just remember, I'm not a professional. No, 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 no. Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father. Or my boy. Drive your fucking Wally Bird! They laugh in New York, and they, they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one. The devil. And the media that he uses about television that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy and Eden Liu. This week, we're great revolutionaries with bits of spice, fun, and truth. Succession, episode eight, Keontyshire. Jake, before we dive in, been feeling unsure about the future of the show recently. Mm-hmm. Where are you at now? Did this episode do anything to bolster your confidence? Well, I did think it was the best episode of the season so far in terms of 
visceral response, being drawn right in, being gripped yeah. throughout, feeling it was energized, it was moving like we've seen episodes move in seasons past. But by the same token, I was feeling a little like, haven't we been here before? <laughs> You know, are we just setting up for yet another hostile takeover? At a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Is Lucas Madsen merely the new Stewie? And are we about to confront another scenario that we went through last season? I was highly optimistic, though, about this shift and super psyched to see what happens next week. Eden, how about you? You feeling a little more confident? Now that some things have shifted, I would say that, yes, I agree that this was a very, I was very engaged this entire episode. I don't think there was a single moment where I found myself trying to double screen or like wander away from the screen, uh, which mm. that's like the ultimate you multitask during this season, especially during that politics episode. Well, I you weren't like, even there. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm still not quite sure where we're going, but I do like some of the character development that happened, which was something that I kind of complained about last week was that we weren't seeing any changes in the characters' personalities or like their ways of approaching things. And like we kind of did this episode and it felt like there was a vault forward. Yep. With a number of characters. And I was engaged thoroughly and found myself going, wow, this episode's like moving too fast. I actually checked the time at one point, just going, I hope there's still like at least a half an hour left, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was well paced. It was go, go, go. I feel like it yeah. was good shit. Good shit. Go, 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 Joe. Yeah. I like those go, sprawling go, go, episodes, you know? And, and it did. It took me back to the end of last season, right? Where they're on the yacht, but they're helicoptering over for a meeting. That stuff's fun. Well, Eden, you have till the end of this episode to figure out where we are headed because at Jake's request, we will be trying to predict the future. Oh, shit. That's right. All right. Look into our <laughs> yeah. crystal ball and figure out what the future holds in the finale and going forward. We've got no cold open this week and Caroline's Tuscan wedding will serve as the backdrop for the last two episodes. Kind of a two part finale in a way. Back at Waystar HQ, it's our first board meeting in a while, and Carrie intercepts Stewie and Sandy out of the elevators. Stewie wants to cut the shit, and Roman shares that they're in discussions to acquire Gojo. The talks are pretty fucking advanced, and Sandy feels ambushed. If you jump out on someone on the road in the middle <laughs> of the night, hit them on the head and shout, I'm not ambushing you, it's still a fucking ambush. <laughs> oh, Stewie, I missed you so much. I know, it's so good to have him. Logan admits they're bleeding out. This is a transformative deal. Sandy and Stewie were supposed to be inside deal making. Oh, yeah, haha, -ha. just like they're not supposed to be riding on jets. Right, yeah. <laughs> How would they feel if Mattson starts microdosing and tweeting about angels again? And I can't help but think of when Azalea Banks... Accused Elon Musk of tweeting while on acid. Mm -hmm. This also plants a nice seed for later in the episode. Mm. Matson's a visionary. Sure, because he's tripping balls. Logan says, then kill it. But Stewie's actually intrigued. And Sandy asks where Shiv is, which causes Roman to joke that she's not in the inner circle. Tom gives Shiv, who's home in bed, a full rundown over the phone. She's feeling the way she was feeling still, but has to go to mom's wedding. Frank announces that Shiv is working on strategy. And Kendall refutes that he's ill. Kendall and Logan are recused from discussing the investigation. 
But Stewie feels like he's taking a shit in the Guggenheim. Yes. As Logan just stares in. Uh, one of so my funny. favorite moments. Yeah. So good. And they did the over the shoulder shot that's in the credits and has been a recurring theme. They love that shot. Kind of the Aronofsky wrestler shot. Yes. Yes. I, I hadn't thought about it, but great point. Yeah. Just looming over everybody. Not willing to concede an inch. And now we're bound for Tuscany. Roman and Shiv trade barbs on the PJ. You sounded dumb at the board meeting. At least I showed up. What were you doing? Brunching with some other sock puppet girl boss presidents? You haven't got a date? Nobody on Raya wanted to come to Italy and sit on your ricotta dick? Rome had Peter Onion's rat fucked. Shout out to rat fucker Sam. The best in the biz when it comes to sluicing out someone's personal records. He's a real slime badger. Two marriages, three bankruptcies, four children, five shell companies, and a partridge in a pear tree. He's into shitty nursing homes. Wants to talk to mom together and ask if there's a prenup. Shiv doesn't care. Fuck it. Tom asks about the deal, but Roman stiff arms him. He can't quite fire Shiv yet, but when he takes over, he'll make her his sexy secretary. Yeah, Roman's getting bold, huh? Yeah, Roman had a good episode for a while. (laughs) <laughs> why eden what happened just kidding don't say it <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> don't be premature eden kendall arrives with the kids and a shaved head what caroline welcomes him by asking him if he just came back from the front oh. she breaks the news that ken and logan have to divvy up the event since logan doesn't want to be anywhere near him even with his own mother kendall loses out to logan Munyan's a star fucker and wants the big names in attendance. Demoted and no Naomi. Ah, good point. Because of the kids or because of something that happened since the birthday party? He's slimming down. Oh, okay. So there was the Jeremy Strong profile in The New Yorker. I don't know if you guys saw that at all. I did not. I saw it referenced on Twitter. What, What was the story? It made some waves. Essentially, he's very... Very serious. Like method serious or what? He doesn't like the term method. He practices what he calls identity diffusion. He goes to extreme lengths to inhabit his characters. Mm -hmm. They made him sound like kind of a prick, but (laughs) that could also be stoking the fire a little bit, given the way this episode plays out. But there was a scene that was mentioned that was cut Mm. where he sees Rava to pick up the kids. Mm-hmm. and complains about Naomi. Mm. I mean, that's a good point, because we don't know if they are merged in that sense, whether everything is siloed, whether the kids are relegated to kid things, and then Naomi is separate from all that. So that's possible, but given the haircut, given the dramatic change in tone and what he said to his mom and what happened in the last episode, it seemed conceivable that he's, completely changing directions yeah she definitely got left on the bench for this episode but he did have the nanny with the kids <laughs> the unnamed nanny who i think made the phone call about the rabbit yeah. jerry arrives with Lori, the previously mentioned doj connection it's gotten a little more connected connor and willa stroll into their massive villa italy pizza pasta and popes <laughs> you ever met the pope con yeah, huh? I met one a couple of popes back with dad. Here's a real 
full fat pope, <laughs> complete pope. Very religious. Guess you really drank the Kool-Aid, huh? Wow. And it's not the sexy Jude Law Pope that we all love. It's a full fat pope. <laughs> Connor's worried about giving Willa's background info to a Politico writer. Yeah, it's probably friendly, because journalists are just so fucking friendly in my experience. Meta! Ho-ho! Roman knocks on Jerry's door. Calls her obsessed with Lori. Pot kettle. Jerry needs to ask him to stop sending her the items. Chekhov's dick pics. <laughs> I, yeah, I will say I was shocked to see them say something so explicit. Right? Weren't you? And then you understand why. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job of laying the groundwork for all of the things that played out in this episode. Yes, they did. Even that word items comes back later in the episode. <laughs> 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 Roman feels like she does want them and is just being typically minxy. She thinks it happens when he's under pressure, but he needs to find another outlet. Look at you trying to get inside my head. Don't open Pandora's box. There's just more dicks in there. He's right about that. Hi, <laughs> right, Nevin. Here it comes. When I was a little kid, I kind of had this problem. And it's not even that big of a deal. Something like 8% of kids do it, but whatever. It's for some reason, I don't know why, just kind of... Sit around all day and draw pictures of dicks. What? Draw pictures of dicks. Dicks? Like a man dick? Yeah, like a man dick. Roman says hi to Caroline and asks about Munyan's silvery gulags. Man can use the word gulag. Caroline and Peter giggle about being rude to another and the biblical sense and kieran culkin's disgusted reaction faces also coming back later just excellent munion wanted the tuscan wedding but he's fun look at him fizzing away over there like a bottle of cheap prosecco <laughs> roman asks if she's sure if there's a prenup maybe she's rushing what do you expect me to survive on macaroni and memorial services shiv asks how it went and roman mocks her accent eleanor rigby wants to eat dick and drink champagne for the rest of her life Roman takes one sip of champagne and then tosses it over the ledge. He also snuck a glance at Jerry and Lori right after his mom walked away. Kendall brought Comfrey, which is a weird move, who tells him about the Curse of the Roy's podcast. We got the podcaster talking about podcasts now. That's funny as shit. This is genius. Mentions the dead caterer and asks if Kendall knows anything about it. He asks her to keep tabs on the bottom feeders. Once again, seeding. Yeah. The trajectory of the conversation was great, though, because she pitches it as if there's interest in a genuine interview with him. But then she pivots to, well, they're sending out feelers to the whole Roy family. Not exactly. They'll take anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all he's got in his inbox right now. Can't you see it? The Conspiracy Theory podcast doing an episode on the kid that died. They're yeah. ex-Globe reporters. <laughs> That's the best part, too. It's not people from the Globe. It's right. people that used to work for the Globe. Probably working on their Substack. Shout out to Ethan. <laughs> Unless it's weird, Comfrey might fuck off. Even Comfrey gets to say the catchphrase. Look at that. Yeah, nice. I like that. She goes up to Greg, kisses him on the cheek. Tom and Shiv observe and mock him with ribaldry. Greg wonders if she has depth and substance. Depth? The man dying of thirst is suddenly a mineral water critic. Does Comfrey not sate your lust for wisdom, Greg? It's such a shame Sontag's not still alive. You could take her to the drive-thru. 
Greg wonders if she'll stick around for the real him. Shiv suggests using her as a date ladder. People will wonder what the fuck's going on there. Why is he with her? Greg is intrigued with the date ladder game. He has a princess or a duchess or something. Why not? We put a man on the moon. Roman approaches her and they feel bad for her. Oh no, Scary Poppins is on maneuvers. So we got Eleanor Rigby, Scary Poppins. I was hoping for a third little name for mother, but those two were great. Shiv doesn't want to be asked about her marriage or having children, which Tom would love to know as well. Matson interrupts by tweeting, going to Macau, feeling lucky with a puking gold coins filter. This causes tidal waves of panic throughout the inner circle. <laughs> Jerry's worried it's a move. Roman tries to downplay it. Tom wonders if he's being literal. Maybe he's going to Macau and he's feeling lucky. That was my favorite line in that moment. <laughs> Roman gets sent straight to the trickster's voicemail while Shiv and Kendall shit on him for Matson going nut nut. Once again, nut nut. Nut nut. Yeah. Yeah. They like that phrase. Word? Phrase? Word? I love the practice of recycling vocabulary. Yeah. They do a really good job with it. It's one of my favorite things about the Big Lebowski is that the dude picks up all of his lines from other things in the movie and doesn't really totally know what they mean. So he's kind of just winging it when he uses it for the first right, time. Right, like using right. them in his own way. Yeah. Kendall has to leave. And of course, he's lost his kids. Connor's planning for success and teases Willow with a difficult conversation. Eden, did she think she was getting dumped for a second here? A hundred percent. Yeah, she definitely did. Yeah. I think that's why she suggested that they go Absolutely. back underground. She was like, she thought he didn't want to be public with it anymore. Yeah, I think she was expecting the full breakup. I thought that was what was happening, too. She's trying to bargain there and be like, we can just scale it back. That's yeah, what made yeah, yeah. the, like, the scene so interesting. A, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can be a secret relationship. But also it's what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> that was what was working well for her. Mm -hmm. She even calls it kind of romantic, but it doesn't work for Khan. Maxim had an idea which is to make him the most happiest man slash most bulletproof candidate in the world. You consider me the best actor slash model and not the other way around. People are watching, so they pretend she said yes. So funny. I'm a big fan of this arc. It was very minor in this episode, but nice little funny touch. Willa She's, continues she, to have great moments. Yes, she had two back-to-back -to -back two episodes that were really Strong good. Willa. And it was Strong funny yeah. to see her... Oh, I didn't want the breakup, but I don't want the full oh, commitment either. Yeah. <laughs> she was very I like much not being about here, it. but I don't know if I want to live here. Gojo's price is going up. The SEC is going to be all over it. Gummy love bite from the fucking toddlers. There's another tweet. All emojis. Controller. Fingers crossed. Eggplant. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to fuck a gaming site? Shiv is worried this could be it. They could become the Pan-American Waystar Blockbuster Video Dial-Up Corporation. In comes Logan with Marsha and Carrie. That's it for Marsha. We don't see her again. Tom wonders if maybe they just share a big bed together and watch Friends reruns and drink milkshakes. Even Caroline knows about the skunk, the porcupine, and the concubine. Probably the best present she'll ever get. Wonders if Logan still fucks Marsha and Tom thinks not. Which draws a Shiv side-eye. He would be talking that freely about her dad fucking. Harriet Walter gives a fantastic chortle as she jokes about telling everyone to be discreet. And then Shiv tries to get out of the bachelorette party, but Roman throws her to the wolves. Munyan welcomes Logan to Toscana. 
He wants a discreet word about his UK government contacts to make him Lord fucking seat sniffer of pantyhose. <laughs> I love using seat sniffer, huh? Adding the pantyhose kind of gave us an idea of what the st- seat sniffer really does. And what is that, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> he sniffs the seat after the woman departs. I guess that's a thing. Carrie shows Logan the tweets who's not used to negotiating via eggplant. He might just want a masaka, which is a Greek eggplant lasagna. <laughs> Kendall comes charging in. Roman cuts him off, but Ken wants to have dinner with Logan. Logan won't even acknowledge him directly, but considers it. Roman offers to tag along, and Logan tells him to fuck off. Fleets of matching Mercedes vans deposit all the women in town for a bachelorette party. Peter's unemployed interior designer daughter stole Shiv's entire address book while pretending to take a photo. Shiv asked Caroline about the prenup as well. Peter had some bad luck with the salmon smoking business, so he lost his apartment, but he's got a big heart. Well, I suppose opposites attract. And then we get the first of the one-on-one family scenes that really just deliver the emotional punch in this episode. Shiv and her mom rehashing the past. Should we just enjoy a fag? Not do any sniping for a bit? Or have you come to get some attention? Me? Attention from you? Oh, no. That ship sailed long ago. Yeah, I might have been a bit of a spotty mother, but you've been a shitty daughter, so... You weren't a spotty mother. You were just... an absence. Well, I'm fine. I moved back to bloody New York so I could be near you, and I never fucking saw you. Mom, it's okay. It's fine. You let Dad take us, and it was probably best. Gave him custody so you could keep your shares and I could protect your interests. You chose. I'll have the carbonara and daddy, please. I didn't choose anything. You tend to get what you want anyway. And you don't? I don't think I've ever won a single battle in my whole life. Hmm. I was 10, Mom. I was a fucking kid. You were 13. And you knew how to twist the knife. You knew then, and you know now. And I might cry. Oh yeah, where's the onion? You were quite a piece of work. You were my onion. You are my onion. Yeah, well, you're my fucking onion. Truth is, I probably should never have had children. You've made the right decision. Some people just aren't made to be mothers. I should have had dogs. No, you could have had dogs. No, not with your father. He never saw anything he loved that he didn't want to kick it just to see if it would still come back. There's a moment where Shiv questions her memory. It might actually be connecting with her mom. Mm-hmm. But then Caroline can't help but twist the knife, just like she accuses her daughter of doing. And see where she got it from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see the anger bubble up on Shiv's face. Eden, what did you make of Shiv not remembering how old she was and how the divorce went? Was Caroline being genuine and shedding the light there? And did Shiv really Mandela affect her memory here? The details are hard to say, but you can tell that Shiv was like clearly traumatized by her mom treating her that way. 
we never really see Shiv get emotional outside of like the business sense, right? She gets bummed when she gets left out of work stuff. But she was very naked with her emotions with us for this scene. And I also just feel like it was really well done because her mom is accusing her of being this manipulative preteen slash teenager. And she's like, mom, I was like literally 10. <laughs> you know, how much damage could she have actually done as a 10 year old? And her mom is painting her out to be like this manipulative monster in the making at such a young age. It did a really good job of illustrating just how fucked up the family situation was though. The line that her mom said about Logan summarized it so well. Never saw anything he loved that he didn't want to kick it just to see if it would still come back. That's exactly what he does with all of his children. Right. Oh, shit. That is what he does. This was the truth bomb episode. Yeah, it was very bearing. Bearing is the word I was looking for. There we go. And this meanness that has been part of this season, especially where somebody gets beat up and then they go out and they beat up on somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. That's why Greg takes such a beat down this whole season. (laughs) He's on the bottom of the totem pole. Tom's got no one else to beat up on. He's largely ineffective against Shiv. And so all he's got is Greg. Boy, Shiv and Tom tag team him at the party, you know, just devastating blows about his... legitimacy with these women his apparent hideousness that we keep coming back to poor guy everything's out of his league and nobody gets it harder maybe than shiv in this scene even though the mom is trying in many ways to come clean and she's looking for a path to forgiveness and to kind of set things straight for whatever remains thereafter Yeah, this had me a little conflicted because Caroline paints a sympathetic picture here, right? Somewhat, yeah. She tried and the kids rejected her. That's the way that she's saying it here. Mm -hmm. But the last time we saw her, Kendall really needed someone to talk to Mm -hmm. after Logan traumatized him by bringing him to the dead kid's house Mm -hmm. and she said can we just get to this in the morning and then dished him in the morning right yeah so it's not like she's some angel (laughs) no she's not at all i mean shiv's description of her as an absence is is really powerful because that's the sense that you get it's not all that different from the way logan uses them it's all transactional in the end And so while there might be some merit to her claim that she was just looking out for their interests, we have really nothing to go on but what's happening in that moment in terms of historical detail. So there didn't seem like there was any effort on her part to maintain custody of the kids, really. Yeah. It's just really rich that she's like sitting there talking about Shiv being manipulative while she's like manipulating Shiv in the conversation. Yeah, it was a looking in the mirror situation. Yeah. And that's why I love you're my onion. You're my fucking onion. <laughs> like that's yes. Yeah. Right. Game recognized game. And I thought that there was a real connection there, but then Caroline has to take it further, yes. has to do the reverse psychology, and Shiv is ignited by that. That is what really yes. yeah. pushes her into overdrive for the rest of the episode here. Jerry checks in with Roman. 
Masson hates the phone, so he won't answer Logan's calls. The tweets are just fucking around. No need to panic. Roman jokes about trying to fuck Lori. See how that fits into their disgusting mess and gives Jerry a shit-eating smirk. Jerry wants him to go see Matson. Save the deal. Fuck Lori. Lead the company into the promised land. Fuck Jerry. It's going to be a great week. Logan arrives at Kendall's, who has two chefs working on dinner. Carrie and Colin tagged along because Logan's across a lot of shit. As usual. As always. Logan was asking about the menu, worried about his health. You scared I'm going to try and Jim Jonesy with an olive? It's our second Jim Jones reference of the episode. We had Willa talking about drinking the Kool-Aid earlier. A classic. Gojo Price is spiking and Kendall's pal Matson is a screw loose. He's nut nut. Just like Kendall. Kendall wanted to talk. But if it's bullshit, Logan will just leave. Can we not pull our guts out all over the table? Kendall wants to be sure Logan gets the right plate. Fishy, fishy. He stares at it. Then summons his grandson Iverson to try the mozzarella. This is so fucked up. <laughs> Kendall is appalled, but he'll be broken when Logan dies. He's always been broken, so that doesn't mean much. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then they get into it. This is a knockout scene. This is a five-minute scene of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, look. My thing is, I want out. I think I thought I was a knight on horseback, but yeah, that isn't... Life's out. not knights on horseback. It's a number on a piece of paper. It's a fight for a knife in the mud. Like, I don't really know where my life goes from here. Uh, maybe I could... I don't know. But I can't do jack shit. So, here it is. I want to get a premium payout from the holding. Two bill. And a chunky asset. Something you can realize without shareholder input. Maybe, I don't know, outdoor advertising, podcasts. I keep Fikret, Jess, and I'm gone. I'm a ghost. Divested. Off the board. Complete disinheritance. Won't even speak at your memorial. We're done. No. I need to think about it. Well, you, you already... You offered at my birthday. So That was uh, for fun. Dad, uh, we can't do this bullshit forever. Maybe I want your clothes. You can do the mail. Keep you rattling around. I can't. I tried, but I, I thought that I could change things. But I'm not as... There's things... You're able to do, but I can't. Maybe. Maybe. You've won. Because you're corrupt, and so is the world. Mm. Well. I'm better than you. You're, you know, I, I, I hate to say this because I love you, but you're kind of evil. Don't talk about things you don't understand. Well, you're smart. But what you've done is you, you've, you've monetized all the fucking, the, the American resentments of class and race. And I and thought I was just telling folks the weather. You've turned black bile into silver dollars. Oh, you just noticed, did you? Yeah, maybe I did. Oh, fuck off. Fine. You know what? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Not everyone can live this life. 
I'm a great revolutionary. A bit of fucking spice, a bit of fun. Fun. A bit of truth. Okay, truth, okay. I fucking know things about the world or I wouldn't turn a buck. Maybe. Not necessarily nice things. Look, whatever. Let me out. Okay? Pay up and let me out. I don't want to be you. I'm a good guy. How long was that kid alive before he started sucking in water? A couple of minutes? Three, four, five? Long time, two minutes. What were you even doing? Chasing a bit of tail? Hey, are you queer? Did you try to fuck him? Or was it just the drugs? I'm better than you. Sure. You're my son. I did my best. And whenever you fucked up, I cleaned up your shit. And I'm a bad person? Fuck off, kiddo. Good night. We're out of here. Three different phases to it. The first part is Kendall gives up. He admits defeat. You won. Get me out. Worst thing he could do. And Logan says, nah, 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 nah I'm good. Logan's only interested in so. you if you're fucking with him. Look at Batson. Was it an episode ago? He was ready to walk away because the guy dissed him by not coming to the meeting. Mm -hmm. And now he's fucking with him and he's totally intrigued. <laughs> so big mistake strategically on Kendall's part here. Logan also just loves breaking Kendall's back over his knee like Bane does to Batman. Truly. Seriously. Keeps him on the shortest of leashes, withholds from him, kicks him repeatedly like a dog, and Kendall keeps coming back with his tail between his legs. Oh. So then after he tells him that he was just joking about the offer. That was just for fun. Which oh like bullshit. God. He was not joking. He just wants to fuck with Kendall's head. Then Kendall starts throwing the darts. He starts getting angry. He starts justifying his position. He's good. His dad's bad. And this is the most, frankly, we've ever talked about the terrible ethics and morals of Logan's business. Yeah. And he's really admitted, yeah, I know the world. The world's bad. The world's not knights riding horses. It's diving for a knife in the mud, which made me think of Squid Game, Eden. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah. It's a number on a paper. And even though Logan presumably never changed any of Kendall's literal diapers, he's been changing his metaphorical diapers for a long time. Brings out the dead waiter as the finishing move and hits him with a fuck off. And he's out. That's it. Powerhouse. Brian Cox. Unstoppable. Devastating scene. Kendall, does he have anything left? That is the question. Does he have a single ounce of fight left in him? Well, it's interesting, right? Because last episode, he was being cradled like a baby at the end of the party. And he arrives here in Italy completely defeated, shorn off his hair, 
come to find his way out of this mess that in many ways he created by going in with his head bowed, looking for essentially what is the easy way out. He's rebuffed. Logan's like, nope, right? you thought it was going to be easy, but I'd rather keep controlling yeah. you. I'd rather keep fucking with you. Cause it's so easy. It's a little fucked up. It's a lot fucked up. Deeply fucked up. I mean, this is the whole show over and over and over again, teasing you with success, the opportunity to yes take over the business, take control, do what you want. But that will never happen while I'm here. This show, and we'll get into this at the end here, but this show is about purgatory and keeping you there. Mm-hmm. It's not about heaven or hell. Yeah. It's about the in-between. Great analogy. Tom's doing research. Gojo allegedly is getting into sports betting. Roman implied that Peter killed his first wife, then badgered Lori to talk dirty about Jerry. She kisses Tom. She wants to have a baby. Mom's reverse psychology got her fired up. Whoa. Yeah. He tells Shiv she can't do something, right? And suddenly she's interested. Don't ever tell me what I can't do. <laughs> she's going to fucking fight. Don't just get given the top job. She's got to fight Jerry and Roman and Ken, but she's smarter. Dad can kick her as much as she wants. Five, ten years. Remake ATN. Destroy it. Raise it to the ground. Except for Tom, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it together. Yeah. Find a bigger deal than Gojo and fucking nail it. Can't let the dirty little pixie become king. Then they decide to talk dirty, if that's what you can call it. And oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) You're not good enough for me. Oh, Right. Oh, I see. Well, let's mm-hmm. see about that. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. way out of your fucking league. Oh, you think so? Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. But that's why you want me. That's why... Maybe. You love me. Fuck you. Even though I don't love you. Uh-huh. But you want me anyway. How Tom managed to not shrivel into a husk. He almost did. And have sex after hearing that. What a champ. What a chump. Red Sequoia. Red Sequoia. (laughs) This is just devastating. I don't know how you maintain interest. I mean. (laughs) I'd go fetal position. I'd go Kendall at the end of last episode if that's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, it's not any kind of sexy talk I've ever heard of. It's not even like... (laughs) Billions, Paul Giamatti getting pissed on and dominated shit. It's way worse than that. It's not really the humiliation I was looking for, Shiv. It just hit a little too close to home, I think. (laughs) Eden, how was Shiv's Tuscany dress this episode? You hated the journalism ball dress. How was this dress? Yeah, I actually was thinking, I think she lost weight throughout the series as they were shooting, which makes sense. Usually that is what happens a lot of the time. I wonder if she had a baby in the off season. Maybe she just, you know, dealt with the COVID-15 like a lot of people out there. <laughs> yeah, I just, shit, I'm still dealing with it, but yeah. Like James Harden showed up out of shape, played her way into shape during the season. It's fine. Did you picked up the COVID-15? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I worked out more than I ever worked out either. Well, and ate healthier than I ever did. I mean, I'm not worried about eating, Jake. Like that's Yeah. Sorry, back to shit. <laughs> that's not my concern here. I'm thinking about, you know, the normals out there. I actually liked her dress. Her boobs looked really great in it. I feel like she slimmed down a little bit. I was a big fan. I was a fan. I'm here for it. No, it was, it was a good look for her. Yeah, um, it worked. It, here she comes back after getting some cold truth in her meeting with her mom, testing out some cold truth on her husband. Ugh. Yeah. Right? But Maybe I, we should just play this straight and not dance around the truth of the matter. My parents don't dance around the truth of the matter. Maybe I need to just deliver the truth and you accept it or you don't. Yeah, she came in with a serious no fucks given mm-hmm. attitude. I can't let anything hurt me now. And then she also might have been a little coked up, jacked up off of the bachelorette party. Yeah, coked up. <laughs> he was talking pretty quickly coming back into that room. I got a plan. Yeah, she was a little bit. Right? Yeah. She was more jacked up than anyone in the birthday episode. Sunrise over gorgeous Tuscany. You get a classic succession breakfast the day after. Connor asks Willow where she's at. She's still thinking. It's a real life decision, so she's thinking away. This much thinking could start to get unromantic. It's such a Connor way to approach things. I don't know. I just really appreciated their scenes in this episode. Well, it's great, right? Because this whole, this entire episode was about transactions. Everything is a transaction relationships, marriage, love. That's what Caroline spells out to both Shiv and Roman when they ask her about the prenup. What does she give a fuck? She's getting something in return and this is what it's going to cost. She's bored. (laughs) Yeah. What fascinated me about that whole theme was that Logan didn't seem to give a shit at all. He's over there conducting business as well. He's not asking her about a prenup. If his company's at stake... Why doesn't he care? Well, no, it's the stuff that he's already given her. Right, right. That would go back to the kids, the holding company or whatever. That's what Roman's pretending to be worried about. But Logan's doesn't even care about his current wife <laughs> who hasn't talked since getting her money three, four episodes ago. Since hammering out her own deal. It's all bullshit. Yeah. So that's and the scene you're about to recall is further illumination of where Shiv's head is going. Greg is apparently taking this dating ladder thing serious, leaves Comfrey to sit alone and chats up the Contessa. Oh, is that the time? So bad. Tries to show off his $40,000 watch. She doesn't even notice. (laughs) She's got work shit, even though he thought she was part of the whole titled monarchical sort of situation. But she's also an online brand ambassador for a fermented yogurt drink. Greg's had that. It's a gut-cleansing treat. (laughs) Roman does a drive-by. Hey, dipshit, hands off. Then tells him to babysit her while he saves the world. But don't look at her. Everybody knows what you're thinking. He said it's disgusting, too. Greg kind of pivots back to that down-home country boy accent. Yeah, my cousin. A very rude man. Chip Mm -hmm. says, Gojo Price lurched and held the power of the tweet. By midweek, their market cap is going to be close to Waystar's. Hmm, guys. Wonder what's developing. Hmm, what's happening there? Yeah, all on a tweet. Wow, just off of one tweet. Couple bill and market cap on one tweet. Tom is still shook from the spicy pillow talk. He's got a little afterburn. 
spicy. Spicy is one way to put it. Thought he'd be a sexy fireman, and it kind of got into the realm of you don't love me. <laughs> I was expecting. I was thinking love beats. What happens in Sex Vegas? Tom wonders if he should listen to the things she says directly into his face when they're at their most intimate. Good line. And she calls him manipulative for that. Wow. How about that? How about that turnaround? Yeah. He asks about the baby, but she meant get their embryos frozen and worry about it in the next 10 years, which is like two and a half Olympics. <laughs> she mentions death and long-term comas. She doesn't automatically get them if they divorce. And this elitist way of thinking about having children is so satirical. It's kind of shareholder meeting level satire here. It's a lot. Yeah. Tom would want her to have his babies if he died. And Shiv does not feel the same way. I may not love you, but I do love you. Baby popsicles. And then she pretends to shove them in the water. But the shove was kind of cute. You thought she saved it with the shove there? Yeah, I thought so. It was cute. Man, I feel bad for Tom, though. Yeah, she finally said, let's have a baby. And she meant, let's freeze embryos and talk about it in 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Roman takes a copter to a boat to a private Swiss island to meet Lucas on Lake Como. Compliments his amazing place, but Lucas is a perfectionist. He's sleeping on a camping mat on the floor until he gets a deep dive on the best mattress in the world. He's fine, but not really. And Roman wants to leave the feely feelings out of it. He asks Roman what he's worst at. And this reminds me of Mankin asking Roman who he hates so he can tell him who he is. Success doesn't really interest me anymore. It's too easy. Uh-huh. Like analysis plus capital plus execution. It's, it's mm -hmm. fucking... Anyone can do that. But failure... Oh, that's a secret. Just... As much failure as possible, as fast as possible. Burn that shit out. Mm -hmm. Well, That's I interesting. am not telling you a single one of my weaknesses ever. Ever, ever, ever. ever. That's smart. I know, I'm smart. Because I ream people. Juice them like oranges. No, but seriously, I... I get way too into people and and then they disappoint me. I did really enjoy this conversation about success and failure. It was a interesting scene, especially with Roman. Who's failed so often in his life. Yeah. I thought about this while I was watching. It was just mm -hmm. like, weirdly, when did Roman become mildly competent in business? He hasn't yet. <laughs> this season is the answer. This has been the rise of Roman. Why is he being trusted to like handle all of the big he's the only one left well he seems to be good at the social game with these people exactly he's talking to this next generation mm -hmm. whose language he speaks right that his dad does not which jerry talked to him about early when they were in her office because he's online specking out what he was gonna be handling keep in mind that gojo is actually kendall's idea ostensibly yes so he's really just drafting on that concept but sealing the deal if you will but i read that conversation about success being too easy and failure being a compelling endeavor made me wonder if he was 
in a sense, taking down Roman for actually being a failure in the things that he's done and not having any success to show at that point. I mean, he's been given everything he has, whereas this guy created something, built it from nothing, is now in the position that he's in. Yeah, Lucas is a shark. Yes. It's pretty clear. I really thought his ethos and strangeness jumped up a notch in this episode. They've really gone out of their way to compare him to Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. put his name next to his name in Kendall's list of people that were invited to the party. Right. They've done the tweet thing. The tweet thing, the acid thing. Yeah. So the double delivery here of he's a perfectionist who spends so much time evaluating the choice that he doesn't make choices very often Mm -hmm. with he succeeds so often that it bores him Mm -hmm. (laughs) is a fantastic combo into this enigmatic dude who's way out of Roman's league. Yeah. And Roman, his whole approach is don't say shit. Don't talk about feelings. Don't talk about weaknesses. Keep it all close to the vest. They do have the back and forth about the tweet where he's like, are you asking me for material non-public information? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Were you trying to give your share price a pop by tweeting unverifiable information outside normal disclosure channels? No, you're not allowed to do that. (laughs) So mean. They do speak the same corporate language. Yes. Yeah. But Lucas is on another level. I guess I'm surprised that Roman even knows corporate language. (laughs) It's fair. Might have gotten briefed on it. He's been cutting his teeth, Eden. He definitely is just the younger mouthpiece who can communicate with people of his generation ever since Edward. Okay, yeah. Edward is the son of some Middle Eastern money, and so Roman, go talk to him and see what you can feel out, and they end up buying a soccer team, and it doesn't work out at all, and that dude's kind of an idiot. Yes. And now he's talking to Mencken, and he's talking to Lucas, and we'll see how those play out, but... He's at least capable of holding a conversation. Lucas is a little Swedish. He wants equality, wants to get in bed and share it equally. Roman says the tweet didn't feel great. And if he's trying to blow it up, just tell him. Lucas just wants to be a perfectionist and get himself the best of everything. So they head to the bank offices in Milan. Jerry meets Roman in the hallway to check in. Roman doesn't think Matson wants to get acquired. He's angling for merger of equals, which means it's dead, right? Because Logan will never say yes to that. Jerry prefaces it heavily, but thinks this might be the last chance. They need to beef up. Roman wants to break the news together. She backpedals. Oh, I'm not inside. You got to take this one. Logan wants to know if he's a Twitter panty flasher or a serious person. Roman mentions the merger of equals. He's got 12 prime Asian sports leagues signed up for Gojo. He's going to fold it all in. Live sports, games, betting. It's a fucking growth bomb. Logan would have to split control, which doesn't draw the immediate veto Shiv is expecting. Roman assures him Lucas isn't a fuckhead. The tweets were a move. He's not some big baby that shits for clicks. Roman knows people. He's a people sniffer. Not a seat sniffer. He's a people (laughs) sniffer. (laughs) They even doubled back on sniffer. Because I can win any bout with a boxer fuck, but I don't know how to knock out a clown. He's not a clown. He's a motherfucker. It's what you would have done. Just maximize his leverage. No such thing as equals. There's always a top dog. Even though family stake would be seriously diluted. Upheaval at the top with people fighting for their lives. Roman is confident. 
Gojo Royko, who gives a fuck? Let him have the logo. We take the wheel. Merger is really a state of mind. Price rise is real. Gojo is the future, and Matson knows how to get there. Logan agrees to have the conversation. We'll talk to the bankers. Jerry texts Roman, well done. And he cues up Chekhov's dick pic. <laughs> Logan also texts Roman, good work. And with a quick slip of the finger. Jesus Christ. After pitching a perfect game into the ninth inning, Jake. <laughs> Roman just hit three batters and gave up a grand slam. He yeah, sent his much. dick to his dad. Pretty much. Yeah. How did he do that exactly, though? Because he was replying to Jerry. I didn't get how it could happen. It was a little bit clunky in the sense that Jerry sent him a message. Instead of replying to the message, he opened up a blank message, wrote the message, put the dick in, went to go tap the two box. If you're sending a blank message, you have to go up and put in the number, put in the name of who you're going to send it to. And his dad's text popped up and he tapped on it and then it went to his dad and he sent it. So it's a little clunky there. Yeah. But yeah. pretty well done to just have it be a tapping away and then it's gone. <laughs> Kieran Culkin, the reactions, the memes. The reaction, his face as his dad walked out. Was maybe the best face I've seen on the show ever. Uh, it was incredible, phenomenal. Oh my god! I mean, that was stellar. Yeah, yeah. What a way to go out, Roman! Wow. You've been on a heater. You've been crushing it. You've been wheeling and dealing. Classic, though, right? In this show, they're all dopes. Classic, yeah. Dickerous. Flew too close to the sun. Dickerous. <laughs> Is, yeah, I mean, they're just dopes. Shiv confirms that it is Roman's dick. Logan wonders why he would send it to Jerry. Everyone knows about it, thinks it's fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Jerry might be banking it for leverage. Isn't he just Roman being Roman? Boys will be boys. <laughs> Speaking of leverage, Shiv tries to bury Roman. Oh, my God. Logan cuts her off. He doesn't even let her finish. No. He's like, I know what you're doing. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But she buried him already. I mean, he buried himself. <laughs> True yeah. enough. But the, but the Jerry thing, he didn't know about. He was definitely like clueless about that. I love how she's walking out and she taps him on the shoulder and says, I put in a good word for you. <laughs> Are you a sicko? <laughs> what is this? Why do you send them? People just send each other pics of their dick. So funny. Logan's heard of it. Their newspapers probably invented the concept. But why? I don't know. It's like, here's my dick, I guess. And this is great because there is no fucking explanation for why people send dick pics, man. It literally is. Here's my dick. There's, there's no complex thought that goes into this shit. It's a fad that has become rampant and taken over the world. I don't know how much it's involved in the work thread exchanges, though. Good job. Here's my dick. <laughs> the message was, want some dinner? Eat this. <laughs> Logan asks about Tabitha and wonders what interests him with Jerry. Doesn't like things going on he doesn't know about. She's a million years old. It's fucking disgusting. You're a laughing stock. Oh, go on. Fuck off. Doesn't want her hanging around like frozen fucking piss. And suddenly Jerry is on the chopping block. Back again. How quick things turn. not even her fault. Roman's not a radical feminist, but maybe they shouldn't fire her? Shiv pulls Jerry aside to chat. Woman to woman. This version of Shiv is the scariest. The smug, manipulative Shiv. 
Has this happened before? Razor sharp legal mind. Jerry, always on her toes, cannot recall. She was welcoming them. They need to be clear. If she can't deal with their own sexual harassment, it's not a good look. Jerry will decide whether to file a complaint. Shiv advises her to report him. Otherwise, it could be argued she welcomed the photos, which undermines her position. So even though Jerry is the one being harassed, she's still the one in danger. Even in the modern Me Too uber woke era. Well, don't forget, she did permit some things in the past that have led him to think they have a thing on some level. Yes, there's the one time that he jerked off on the other side of the door and maybe something after that. But this entire season, she's been saying, Definitely. chill, dude. Been drawing the line. Been very, clear. Yeah, yeah, the line has been very she's, clear. She's been trying to break it off. <laughs> but Roman's a lunatic. Speaking of lunatics, Kendall just face down on the pool floaty, drunk and despondent under the Tuscan sun. Like Diane Lane. <laughs> Under the Tuscan sun. You are right. His kids go inside. There's a shot from under the water. He drops the beer. Many, many people, including my girlfriend, think he's dead or that he's gonna die. How did he shift up on the floaty? It was just a cut. They cut. He's on the floaty. The next cut, his face in the water. Yeah, I thought that too. His head was well down by a couple of inches on the floaty. How do you scoot up on the floaty? How do you scoot up? Yeah, yeah. It's not as easy. It's impossible. You you certainly wouldn't do it sleeping. You need inertia to scoot forward on a floaty. He didn't have anything to like push off of. So Eden, you're saying the physics don't add up. The physics don't check out. It's too much friction. So maybe Logan had some goons go in and push him up while he was sleeping. Colin just came and nudged him six inches. Yeah. Because you literally have to reposition yourself. it's, It's on water. How would you keep the floaty still to move his body forward? I'm just saying the physics aren't adding up. So I'm skeptical. In fact, I wasn't even concerned about it. I wasn't concerned at all. It almost Jeez, didn't even register. It was yeah. like a fake cliffhanger. To me. He's clearly breathing the entire time that his face is in the water. You see the breath going in and out. Is your sense that he's not even really submerged and that they're just teasing that this could be a drowning, but he's not really drowning? I was stunned to see how moved people were and motivated to say, Oh my God, he's dead right now. Right. And it would be symmetrical given the waiter drowned, drowns accidentally. There's lots of things with water. There's the finale with the waiter. There's the spa in season two, episode one. There's the bathtub this season. The bathtub this season. Good reminder. Yes. I get it. I get that there was a New Yorker profile this week that kind of said he was disagreeable and next level. And he's so obsessed with Daniel Day-Lewis that he was his assistant. Oh, really? Has a secret letter that he's never shared with anyone that Daniel Day-Lewis wrote him. I... I get it. I get it. Who shares letters? Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. Who, no, who shares letters? <laughs> you don't share letters. If somebody sends you a letter, that's for you. That's not a secret. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't even I'm supposed to tell people about it. It's a put on. But obviously you do tell people if, if you got a letter from Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> you want to be a serious actor and you have the most serious actor's letter. I guess you do. I mean, first of all, it's tough because you're thinking there's no way they're going to kill off what has essentially been the main character of the show. Right. He Although and Logan. We've been like 
talking about it. No, so Jade Jade was talking to me like he thinks it's a it's a lock. That's how people are talking. And then I started to think, well, that would be bold. I mean, I'd be really impressed if they did that. Yeah, that'd be a I big would be move. Too. That would be would a be major too. shift. They would have actually done something. Something would have actually Taken happened. Taken it, right. There'd be a, finally yeah. a consequence, right? Yeah, there's never um, been consequences. I'm fine with him dying. I wouldn't be shocked if they killed him. But to quote The Matrix, not like this, not floating in a pool at the end of an episode without confirmation. Everybody threw out the Game of Thrones thing. Oh, they killed Sean Bean. That's a world where Sean Bean decapitates someone in the first episode. Mm-hmm. It's a different level of stakes. Who is Sean Bean again? Ned Stark. And it was great because he was the primary character of that season. Nobody knew what the arc of the series could be. People were just being introduced. I mean, I guess people who read the books knew. When you read the book, it was the same feeling, though. Absolutely. I read the book after the show, so I experienced it with the show. And I was. I was shocked. And it was great because there was no ambiguity. They chop his head off in the middle of a square and it rolls. You know what I mean? So you're like, that character is dead. They just took out the main character, what I thought was the main character of this show. Scream did that with Drew Barrymore years ago in the first one, right? When they took her out in the first scene, it's a great surprise. I mean, we're well into this series. It would be a payoff because he's been in this downward spiral since the season started. And so this could be a fitting tragic end for him, especially hitting a new level of rock bottom, which is a personal rock bottom. He's completely failed in every aspect this season. And, it ha- and drugs aside, whatever drugs he's been doing, he hasn't spiraled into addiction as he has in seasons past. This is simply like he tried. He didn't have much of a plan. He never had much thought about it. He didn't even really know what he wanted to do with it. He just wanted to get to the top. Not dissimilar from Shiv walking into the room going, okay, maybe it's going to take five. Maybe it's going to take years, but I want it. Why does she want it? We don't know. She just does. She wants to raise it to the ground. Why? We don't know. She just does. We don't know what their motivations are other than they just want things. And largely because they can't be given them, which Shiv recognizes too, right? Nobody just hands it to you. You have to earn it. She finally comes to realize. Yeah. Took so, her long enough to realize. And then she tries to immediately kill Jerry. <laughs> instantly. <laughs> and like goes instantly Machiavellian, right? But I still don't think that's where the finale is going. I don't think he's going to be dead and they're going to try to fend off the Lucas Matson takeover. So Eden, you said that it'd be a move. It'd be something. Yeah. What do you think that would accomplish for you though? It would Logan to actually reckon with himself because if Keldon kills himself, it was because of Logan. They're not going to call it a suicide though. If they found him drowned in the pool, on semi-submerged on top of a floaty with a beer, they're going to say he got drunk, he passed out, he fell asleep with his nose under the water and, and drowned by accident. But that would be no fun. That's if, why it doesn't make sense, right? As an ending. Yeah. A gruesome suicide or it's would be foreshadowing. more of a statement. It's, maybe it's foreshadowing. Mm, could be a foreshadowing. Yeah. I just desperately want something to happen. Maybe he dies at the with, end with the of characters. the episode. Yeah, like I don't care about what happens with Matt's. I don't care about what happens with the business. I really could give two shits. As you said, it's a two-part episode, right? 
maze. So we're, we're staying in Tuscany. Yeah. So we've done the, the preamble to the wedding and now we're probably going to do the wedding itself and see what occurs within that space. And go back to Matson's Island. Yes. Right. We're going to jettison back and forth and things are going to worsen for the Royco side of things, right? The, the price is probably going to skyrocket. Madsen's going to have the upper hand. The transformative deal is now going to require them to not have control and cede control to Gojo, things of that nature. But then Stewie's going to show up and say, but I need to be part of these negotiations. <laughs> I know how to get things done. And Sandy's going to be there. <laughs> Everybody. Leah... Greg's law student friend is going to fly over to <laughs> join in the dating ladder game that he's playing. Josh is going to show up. Josh is going to show up in seven layers of jackets, <laughs> even though it's under the Tuscan sun. Seven layers of linen. <laughs> so from a behind the scenes perspective, the New Yorker profile made it seem like he might be a little difficult to deal with, but I don't think you will find anyone out there who's questioning Jeremy Strong's performance on this show. He just won the Emmy. He's the star, if not the co-star with Brian Cox. Other than just trying to surprise you, it doesn't make any sense to take him off the board. And then from an inside the show perspective, this show is purgatory. The most interesting thing the show can do is put people in perpetually worse and worse situations. Right, right. Kendall has lived in this space the entire run. He's been going from bad to worse to worst. Yeah. Every time we see him. It's boring. I don't think that the writers think it's boring. Yeah, because they want to drag it out another season, not because they care about writing a good story. But the entire show has been that way, though. That's why I'm like just dying for something to happen. Shake it up. This season <laughs> has really leaned into the satire of the media business, this kind of Fox entertainment company or whatever it is, Fox News, Murdoch Family, etc. I've always looked at it as Fox meets Viacom. Mm-hmm. Rupert Murdoch's been at the helm of Fox forever. And Sumner Redstone was legendary for not wanting to give up control of Viacom. I mean, almost till the day he died, he fought with his own family. They had to split the company at one point from Viacom to CBS. Then they reunited it. It takes me back to those two companies and also legacy media companies, right, who are trying to always fight against the future on the one hand and buy their way into the future on the other hand. So I think about Viacom spending years suing YouTube. It was a disaster for them. They came up short trying to buy MySpace, which Murdoch bought for half a billion dollars, and then it completely cratered. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like yahoo buying tumblr and it completely cratering mm -hmm. mtv now is like the rob durdak ridiculousness channel 24 straight hours yeah he's always on it's amazing you're like how's that even a channel <laughs> like what is that <laughs> <laughs> and i get it too because like this season is really done the hard comedy more than it did last season last season it felt like it had more dramatic turns it had you tied to what felt like a concrete narrative. 
Whereas this season, it feels like the narrative is loosened and they've leaned in to the satire of everything and really up the stakes on the comedy, but with these moments of human drama, (laughs) interpersonal drama, even though you don't like the characters and you don't find them particularly sympathetic. Got to the point where if you're feeling Eden is, they don't give a shit what happens to Kendall. But the thing is, I've accepted that the characters are shitty and then you don't care Mm -hmm. about them from that sense and Mm -hmm. you're not rooting for them. It just goes back to my main complaint is that even if I don't care and these people are shitty that you like, you don't want to root for them, you still want to see growth or something. I want to see things happen with these characters, not just the same thing happen to the characters over and over and over again, which is what you're saying about keeping Kendall or any of them in purgatory. It's kind of washed at this point. Is there, were you a fan of, what was the big English period drama from a few years ago? Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey, right? Uh, Like, was that a plot-driven show or is that more about the interpersonal drama of class issue? I never watched it. But it was a huge cast, and I feel like a lot of it was Gosford Park, but a series mm-hmm. of upstairs, downstairs, and crafting plot lines out of that. See, I think that's what we're dealing with now more than last season. And similar to the first season, in many ways, this season, for me, the experience of it mirrors the first season, where I was less certain about what it is I was watching and how much I cared about it. But by this point, we know the characters so well. We're used to them. The energy of the show is always at a pretty high level. The writing's at a high level. We've talked about this before. The performances are stellar. But I often, like you, Eden, I'm like, are we just spinning our wheels right Yeah. Am I just seeing the same thing play out over and over again? But you're saying that's kind of the point. I think that is kind of the point. That's kind of the corporate cycle. Because if we look at all of the biggest conflicts in this show, Mm -hmm. Tom and Shiv have made no progress. We didn't understand why they were together in the first place. Backpedaled. And they still are together and it still doesn't make sense. And if anything, it's worse. Kendall has been on his dad's leash since day one. He keeps trying to break free. Maybe his dad got him an electric fence collar. So he's got a little more room to run around, but then he runs into the shock fence and he gets yanked back. And then the biggest one of all, the one that drives Eden absolutely insane. When is this motherfucker going to die? <laughs> when is he's so miserable? Just kill him off. <laughs> someone going to actually succeed Logan and <laughs> fulfill the prophecy that the show has laid out. The CEO who was promised. It's called succession. No, no one succeeded. We're not even seeing that light at the end of the tunnel with the succession. You know what? I'm going to tweet Jesse Armstrong and tell him that his title's <laughs> dumb. It's not literal enough. <laughs> but what it'll end up being is you can't succeed him because the company won't be there at that point. As soon as he's gone, it's going to collapse into a pile of rubble. Or just go to another owner. Well, that's the thing with the Murdochs, right? Yep. Rupert just sold it. and cut his kids out of a lot of the stuff but let's turn to lucas and i'll offer forth my prediction first for what i think is going to play out here they've been subtly not so subtly germinating the idea that he's gonna buy them 
Right. Yes. Kendall mentioned it at the birthday party, kind of as a joke, kind of just to say fuck you to his siblings. That got Madsen's attention and he's been thinking about it. Then there's the him raising his market cap stuff. Shiv just casually offhandedly saying, oh, they're going to be as big as us soon. Uh, Does that matter? Yes, it does. Yes. He's going to flip it on them in this finale episode. That's for certain. Completely agree. Yes. All right. Yeah. Dealing with another semi-hostile takeover situation. Love that. Love that. Like I said, not that compelling to me mm-hmm. for what happens in business. But yeah, I think that's a good that's a good call. Is Kendall gonna drag his sunburnt body out of the pool and get back in the game and make a call or a DM to the guy that is supposedly his friend that he was in talks with at the very beginning? Yeah. Seems like that's an angle. So you're saying that Kendall comeback is what's going to happen. They've boxed him in to a terrible corner here. Yes. What did he do the last time he was boxed into a corner? He actually pulled it out of his ass. Was that short-lived? Yes. But he did it. And while Shiv comes out of the talk with her mom, rejuvenated, obviously Kendall did not. But he's got to do something. He's got to make some sort of move. I think that that's possible. The other possibility is that Logan could consider this deal because he actually respects Lucas. Because as Roman said, isn't that what you would do? You'd leverage this shit. You'd get in the ring and fight. Now, it's possible also that Roman is misreading the Lucas situation and Lucas is the clown that he's talking about that he doesn't know how to deal with. Mm -hmm. But no matter what, if they accept this deal, even if the terms shift in Lucas's favor, that's a compelling season four plot. And I think that would bring Skarsgård in kind of full time. So that's what I've been thinking about lately is, is Skarsgård going to sweep into season four and kind of edge the kids out well that would be interesting because that would be a scenario that would make more sense if if kendall were being killed off sure because then you could have another big actor enter the show and fill those shoes there's also the possibility i would put out there i talked to jade about this last night because this is something they've been hinting at throughout the season is Roman is the only one. Kendall is always looking for approval from his dad as well, but he's been spending the whole series trying to upend his dad and supplant him. Whereas Roman wants to get there with his dad. He wants the job if his dad wants to cede it, but he also is happy to work under his dad. Whereas throughout this season, Shiv has been intimating she wants to get there and she could go either Roman's route or Kendall's route, right? We saw it in the conversations at the political powwow mm-hmm. where <laughs> Salgado's like, I'll, I'll put your dad in jail and make you CEO. <laughs> Sounds nice. And she's like, oh, that's appealing, you know? So there is a chance here that she could be the one who turns and sides with Lucas and helps him take over the company in a kind of insider role, you know, dual agent kind of scenario. I don't know how they pull it off in the hour, but they've, they've done more. So I think that's on the table here, but I think, yeah, I think the parameters are 
exactly as you laid them out in terms of the setup. Talk to me. Dude, I'm the theory maker. I am the predictor. 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 Question is, what role does the wedding play and are the various people in the mix play in that? And does and does Tom have a function? Make baby popsicles, Tom. Poor Tom. I think that ultimately they'll do the succession thing of wriggling their way through it. Yeah, totally. It'll look really bad. In fact, it may end looking really bad. Yeah, and then they'll wriggle out next season. We can't expect any kind of resolution by the end of the episode. We can yeah. only expect really it'll go on. A, a cliffhanger of some yeah. sort for next season. And then resolution in the middle for the first third. The thing I definitely don't want is like what happened with the Pierce thing mm-hmm. where essentially nothing happens and they just kind of pivot to the next thing. That's what I don't want. Yes. I'm intrigued by Madsen. I'm intrigued by Skarsgård. They've really painted it as this is an all or nothing situation. We need this. Which is funny, right? Because two episodes ago, Logan's ready to walk away because he's disrespected that they didn't come to the office. And now it's a transformative deal that's going to save their asses. (laughs) And within whatever span of time has passed between these couple of episodes, their market cap has seemingly tripled based on a tweet. So remember with Josh, Josh was worried they were overpriced. Now they're super overpriced. (laughs) Now they're like one of the biggest media companies in the world. Yeah. You know, they were just a, a good streaming service at the beginning. And now like they're this all encompassing app that does absolutely everything from VR to sports. Yep. They do it all (laughs) streaming. And that's the thing that I kind of thought was going to come up this episode, but seems to have been passed on in the finale is Roman's getting outplayed. Yes. I thought that was going to be a bigger factor in this episode. You're right. It was just a single line in a moment, right? As, as speculation. So I'm with you. I think that's going to come come to pass. That's got to work itself out. And the most important thing, and obviously this will happen, Lucas and Logan have never talked. Mm. Right. And we'll see how that goes, because that should be a clash of styles, as they say in the sports game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Eden? Is Shiv going to turn? Where does Shiv go in the next episode? She's all in on her new style. something has to happen with Shiv. I guess when we look at it, it kind of feels like Shiv is the only character that is set up to do something different. I mean, you're right. I mean, because it's it's set up right now that Roman has watched everything and he's dropped down to the bottom rung. I mean, only only person lower than him right now is Kendall. Yeah, and Roman can't really... I don't see him changing. I don't see him maybe, doing anything. Maybe Logan says to Ken, look, you get this deal done for me, I'll get you the two bill, and we'll carve out that asset for you. I'll give you the podcast business. But that's <laughs> the same as killing him. I'll give you cinephobe <laughs> and... <laughs> and queued up. Yeah, Kendall Roy, if you're looking for a quality podcast <laughs> where you don't have to deal 
with board member oversight come to count the dings yeah it's interesting this episode i was very disappointed by like not enough greg yeah they really marginalized our boy we didn't even get to see the date with comfrey i know they just yada yada it it was disrespectful to our man climbing the dating ladder but that's not going to end well for him. He's going to blow it with both of these ladies and end up all tall and alone once again. Ha! Ah! So as you can see, the mystery of who pooped the bed has been solved. Who shit the bed? Who dick picked the bed? It's an easy one this yeah. week. It's Roman. Yeah. In spectacular fashion. Y'all, I literally screamed when that happened. Like, I was just like, it's no. Just an incredible, incredible moment of television. <laughs> After all the serious conversations we had this episode, and we're getting towards the end, you know, it's the last five minutes, and then he drops a dick pic and just blows the whole thing up. And who is our number one boy? You're my number one boy. Is it Shiv for Finding Daylight? Is it Logan for breaking Kendall's back? Or is it Madsen? Sneaky number one boy this week. I'm good with Shiv. Just yeah, I'm good with Shiv because she's climbed back up. Yeah, like she yeah. had a bounce back because something needed to click for her because she had a really shitty, she was really down in the dumps. Even in the beginning of this episode, yes. she, I mean, she wouldn't even go to the meeting. She was like in bed, literally could not get out of bed. And she's bounced back. She's, she's re-energized, feel for Tom, but he's kind of just like a side character if we're being honest. No, I mean, look, she, she's asserting herself, right? Yeah, and I love that for her. In an evil way. <laughs> it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. She's embraced the dark side here. I mean, she's playing on her family's terms. You exactly. Know? Right. I mean, but again, it's like, we don't know that she's ever not been dark. We always it's kind of see. the only way you can survive in this family, though, right? So that seems to be true. You're, if you're going to be in it, absolutely. I mean, and that's what we're seeing with Kendall wanting to exit, you know, I mean, the other last thing you don't get to exit. Yeah. <laughs> was, I, you know, I, I, you won't have to deal with me. I won't, I won't read anything at your memorial. He's like, I'm out. He's looking to complete disinheritance and emancipation from the family. And his father's telling him that's not possible. Well, this is it. We've reached the final episode of the season. It's hard to believe. It all comes down to this. Will Kendall get out of the pool? <laughs> Will Lucas tweet again? So many questions to be answered next week in the season finale of Queued Up Succession.